My goodness, how is it going, everybody? I'm Charlie, joined by good brother Garrett here. Whoa. And uh, holy shit, man, we just watched All Out, and it's five-hour glory, and I, 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 there's so much shit to glory. talk about think, here. Uh, five-hour glory, I think you're supposed to call a doctor about that. Yeah, right? Uh-huh. After four, I think you start getting a little sick, <laughs> but no, man, uh, how you, Garrett, I mean, let's just, let's just start it off. How, how you doing, man? Oh, dude. Fallout from All Out. The Fallout from All Out. Yeah. Uh, I Just an absolute banger of a show. I mean, like the last like four to like five AEW pay-per-views have just all been stellar shows. You yeah. Know? Um, and, you know, this was this was coming off the heels of a really, really big time WWE show that granted had some not entirely positive reaction coming out of it, but. For the most part, it was just like we, we were discussing this between ourselves. That was just an NXT takeover we got. Like, yeah, literally, it was. It felt like an six matches, seven with one pre-show match, complete with the DQ finish at the end, which happened on NXT all the time. Uh, gotta love it. Gotta love it. I mean, the <laughs> fact that uh, Jericho and, and Danielson didn't end in a DQ, and yet we still got that win. I, I I'm like, what the? F- so is there a, the only more boneheaded decision than Drew not winning the championship? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> so let's. We'll we'll try and stick in line here from going straight through the card, but we got to talk will, about this. Okay, let's let, we, me, we, let me just say right away. Out of all the pay per views, though, card structurally, this one was. I I think they had some issues with this one, but that's okay. Yeah, it was, was where stuff was placed. Matches, yeah. And like, I got some. I, I have Fightful Select pulled up, so as we get through certain ma- uh, matches, I'll kind of reference like things that happened that I guess we'll find out, like some injuries. Um, but oh, there were injuries on the show. Oh, that's not good. Oh, so, but let's just, let's talk about this first, Garrett. Let's, let's bury the lead. Let's talk about the very end of the show first. Absolutely. MJF is fucking back. Um, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Holy, I mean, playing back to banging rats. And, uh, dude, what is, oh what did he says? And uh, playing Tony's voicemail. Could you, when that happened, I was like, oh, here we go. I love the idea that there's no shot that it's actually a real voicemail either. They just recorded that. But <laughs> Tony actually did a great job of selling it as real. He, like, did, he, sounded, he sounded legit pissed. Like He really did. And and you you messaged me uh, kind of alluding to this. I, I really didn't think about it at the time. They were chanting MJF in Chicago. Yeah. While CM Punk was standing in the ring having just won back the world championship in Chicago. Is it safe to say everyone's back now? Like, like that structure. Uh, everyone Punk, except Omega, for Danielson like, and left, MJF yeah. were all gone, and now all four are back. And dare I say, I mean, man, Cole, it feels- Cole is the only one we're still missing, really. But I mean, you know, yeah. And who knows what's up with him? He he had that same injury Dax had, but now Dax is back. So, yeah, man, this. I feel, I mean, obviously you can't really replicate what you did last year with Danielson and Cole both debuting. No. So how do you do it? You have an MJF world title match against M- uh, CM Punk. And ho- it's going to be a grand slam in New York, hopefully. And I, I just, I can't wait. I-, I genuinely, I'm so excited for the world title scene right now. And the, the oper- like what this could mean. You know, what do we do with the Stokely information here? Like what? 
what what does that play into it? Is there a new pinnacle forming? You know, I have no idea. Was that did MJF literally just pay them for one night? Right. What was the deal? Like, I'm sure we'll find more about that on Dynamite. And honestly, this works out perfectly talking about this and then going straight back. If we go straight back to the beginning of the card, because it all ties in together. So it does. Um, so, but, but yeah, I, just in the match itself, we haven't even gotten into the match yet. So the match that led into MJ before. So we, before we talk about what we think with the MJF situation, which obviously we can get into a little bit later on, but uh, let's just talk about Moxley versus Punk uh two i guess or i probably like 15 let's be honest but like you know in AEW two um i I thought it was a really really well put together match you know it wasn't like um there was a couple of matches on this show where i would actually say this that it wasn't the in-ring work that is what made the match really good not like on this on the level that like when you watch a young bucks and kenny omega match right when the three of them are in there you could just tell they're the three best wrestlers in that ring no matter who they're in there with right um just because of how they wrestle but you know and it's like cm punk himself literally said a little while back he does something a little bit different you know um this was that little bit different this was a knockdown drag out kind of fight you know absolutely Um, complete with the bloodied up punk is punk gonna bleed in every match come on man like he was gushing for a little bit there too but this this was this was your classic AEW pay-per-view main event main event the, the crowd was unbelievably hot. Some really good near falls. Not the best near falls of the night. but And the post-match angle just was exactly what we all wanted. I mean, it felt satisfying leaving the pay-per-view, right? Yes. Very satisfying. And I don't know. I, I think, you know, what, what do we do with this information now, right? <laughs> Punk's a two-time champ. Monks is a two-time champ. It's four months ago. There's only settled four people it, ever hold- a whole year question mark. Yeah, the maybe time champs. I, I don't know where we go from here, but yeah, the GTS one and it was, it was really a, good. But the thing is, it, okay. So actually the opening of the match was kind of insane because I thought, and I remember messaging you like in the first 30 seconds of the match, we get like two of the like corner, like knee, th- knee lift deal things that punk does. And then a GTS, and I was like, it was a really close tight three count. And I was like, but for a second, I was like, they're not going to like Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg this, are they? Like they already did once. They wouldn't go there twice. But I remember sending you like, imagine. That <laughs> and you were just, like, yeah, nuts. Uh, it, and then the match just kind of takes off from there, you know? Um, oh, one of the coolest shots I think I've ever seen in a wrestling match, the blood on the camera. That was pretty uh, gnarly. Was a very nice touch, especially for, for Moxley. Uh, yeah, because I, I, they should put that in a video package or something. Like, Because uh, that's pretty nice, pretty gnarly image there for either of these guys. But um, and, I also don't think I've ever seen that in a wrestling match, to be honest with you. And, probably and this happened, makes but. me want to – I, I got to mention this uh, about the beginning – the reason we bought that that finish could happen and why the live crowd bought it is because of the dynamite match. It, it made it feel yeah. like it was possible. Especially because you think about it, if that's what it happens, possible. then it's absolutely going to a third match. You know what I mean? Like, yep. not that it couldn't still, but like, I think if that was what they wanted to do, that's how you do it, you know? So <laughs> just unbelievable. So obviously not the case, but yeah, the, the, obviously we are, we're burying the lead, but then burying the lead, which is that MJF is obviously back. That's the big deal out of this, but like, 
I actually didn't want to just I just didn't want to overshadow the match because I thought it was pretty crazy. They they did some really good stuff. Punk kicked out of the Death Rider, which I don't think very many people have ever if anyone has ever done, you know. So uh not very many times does it happen unless it's like a tag match, you know, like so Absolutely and truly was just Yeah, I think this is a match that we look back on and you know it's it's one of the you know better punk matches. Definitely one of the best punk matches since he's been back. It's it it was really flaw like phenomenal. I, I would have, you know, said before, maybe still uh I really liked his hangman match too. So yeah, I go back and forth with that. But let's uh let's just jump to the beginning. Yeah, let's, so we get hangman. So next, so next Wednesday we're getting hangman versus punk in a uh in a uh, shoot fight for the uh AW title. Yeah. Give me what I want. Uh <laughs> so let's kick this off with zero hour. All right. A zero hour, we literally start with uh, Guevara and the Mellow. They just, they're kissing. That's how the broadcast comes on air. And then you kind of see them walking around. And then you see Ortiz <laughs> driving a golf cart. And he fucking hits Sammy with the golf cart. <laughs> uh, shout out the Anarchy in the Arena match a couple years ago. <laughs> Sammy Guevara just can't escape golf carts. Um, so long story short, this match kind of got going. There was some pretty good uh, Ruby stuff with Ty. And then I thought Ruby hitting the, uh, what was it? Uh, Code Red on Sammy Guevara was beautiful. Little things like that. And, you know, I haven't really been feeling this feud. I don't think anybody has. I'll say the thing I liked most about it was the golf cart at the beginning. And basically, Ty Conti, or... um, Anna Jay comes out. I don't know why I got those mixed up. Anna Jay came out. She grabbed Ruby's foot on a rope run. And then Ty Conti hit a be- Ty Mello hit a buckle bomb and hit the Ty KO for the win. And this is our first kind of bit of news is going to come here. Okay. Uh, Ruby Soho broke her nose during the all out match. So. Damn. Yeah. Uh, hopefully she's all right. Hopefully this isn't too bad. Um, yeah, she's, she's tough. She'll be fine. But yeah, seven and a half minutes to open the show. Pretty quick. Pretty flawless. I'm glad they got that match. I hate to say it in the worst way, but out of the way. But you know, hey, yikes! Got some good heat. True. Got some good heat to start. Also, can I just ask a question? Really, I know this isn't really relevant. Well, how is it we've not gotten a match with Ty? Ty, but honestly, just with TJ back since they're back in the same group now. Why have we not got like a TJ squash? I think it's just been so separate from the other feuds. But now, hopefully, which we'll dive into the women's matches later. Uh, we have there's no reason not to have only one match, one feud right now. There's yeah. there's multiple breaking open. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll you can definitely write some stuff in there. Next up, we had Hook um, defeating Angelo Parker. And Action Bronson was there uh, who performs Hook's theme, but he didn't perform the theme. He was just ringside. He oh. shows up in a little bit there. Uh, this was kind of the first time we've seen Hook sell a lot. And. It wasn't too much selling, but he sold pretty well. And then you kind of saw Hook get hyped up, start hitting his fucking, I guess, uh, I don't know. I just call him, if, to me, it feels like those grappling moves where he just grabs him, flings him over his hip and slams They're him. They're kind of like judo sort of throw. Like, yeah, there you go. Judo, judo throws. throws but That's they're the like Those kinds of moves like wrestling, or not wrestling, but like, um, I guess wrestling would be the right to Like wrestling and um, like the, the throwing, like the judo, that kind yeah. of that kind he, of stuff. He, he hit an exploder, locked on the red rum, and Parker tapped genuinely immediately. Matt Menard starts attacking Hook, and Action Bronson hits the ring and just fucking picks up Parker or picks up Menard and throws him, and they scatter off. Cool seeing Action Bronson. Um, I love that AEW gets all these like 
guys from just musical guys in there and little get them little spots like this. He dapped up Hook and that was a nice little moment. But Hook uh, yeah, nice selling little really there between between Bronson and Taz. You know what I mean? Like it's good it stuff. was kind of cool seeing Hook sell, man. I gotta say it. This it was it was four I and just a half minutes. See Hook have like an actual match. Like I get that they want Hook to be like like an undefeated super mega star, but like, I don't think that's like what's going to work for hook. I think hook needs to like be able to cut a promo eventually. I think hook being silent worked for a long time, but now it's kind of counterproductive for building him up as a star. Um, yeah. And, and hopefully, you know, like we maybe he should just have his dad. And I know Taz probably doesn't want to do this because he wants him to stand on his own, but maybe for a little while they should just have Taz manage him, you know, just have Taz be, I know Taz's whole deal is, oh, he's his own man. He does his own thing. He says that on commentary all the time. But just to be, just to have somebody to speak for him, because like, clearly the guy doesn't want to speak, you know, or can't, you know, so. It's something. I, I, that's all I really like. That's my only thought coming out of this is I hope. Speaking of Taz. Hook been, yeah. Go ahead. Taz made his way out <laughs> right after the match. Taz didn't commentate it. So we then jump into our All-Atlantic Championship match, which is Pac versus Kip Sabian. Uh, Sabian had a nice little reaction, which was nice to see. Uh, I gotta say, I thought these guys got going and it was pretty solid. It, they had some, some good chemistry together. Uh, Sabian really was kind of out wrestling Pac early on, taunting him, trying to get a, get his ass back in the ring. They had some really fast paced action. Uh, a springboard and Zaguri from Sabian allowed him to kind of really then start to take control of the match. Uh, they go outside, Pac hits a brain buster on the floor. Really nice stuff. Um, Pac then just kind of took over the match from there on out. And yeah, uh, there's some good stuff in here. A Northern Lights bomb fall. got a really good two count. Sabian was talking to his box a lot at ringside. So I wonder what they're doing with that. Um, and then Pac dropped him with a strong forearm, laid in some stomps, hit a black arrow for the victory. And yeah, uh, the real story here then kind of becomes, you know, Kip's yelling at the box inside the ring after the match. He's like super disappointed in himself. Pac's about to be interviewed by Shivani and Orange Cassidy's music hits. So Orange Cassidy walks off. Pac kind of, he says, you're not a wrestler. You're a joke. Talking about how they've done this before. The crowd fucking popped big for Orange Cassidy. So it looks like Orange Cassidy versus Pac as a feud for the All-Atlantic Championship. And I don't want to look too much into this, but Pac did walk through the heel tunnel after he cut that promo on, on Cassidy. Uh, pa- Pac always rides that line anyway, though. He's he's a bastard. Yeah, and but <laughs> Kip Sabian looked like a movie theater villain, like a movie villain. Yeah, I was saying he looks like, I, I was saying like a Power Ranger, but like, uh, I think. great hair, man. Oh my He God. looks like he would be like, the villain he looks like he'd be the villain like the street level villain in a marvel movie he does, you know? he's like, got the perfect hair the perfect little like that scruff that he's got going on he's got the yeah. eye shadow he looks like a groomed hollywood star which i mean i guess a pro wrestler is that to an extent yeah. anyway but like, he looks great. more like that than a lot of like some of the aew wrestlers look a little rougher you know than they look more like pro wrestlers you know like get this guy in the hunk let's let's get something going there but yeah there's definitely something there with the with him screaming at the box i think the box drove him crazy and I would love to see that. And oh my god, this fucking main event. I- I'm gonna call it the main event of Zero Hour. Holy shit, this match was straight out of all Japan. Those guys, Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii, Garrett, I'm not kidding you, stood in the ring for 10 minutes slapping each other over and over. 
Yeah. Tomohiro Ishii's chest was beyond ground beef. It was rotten. It was it was purple. It was bulging. It was bleeding. Eddie Kingston's laying the shit in. It's a it's a power exchange. It reminds me of these matches that you've sent me from the 80s of All Japan. I'm like, oh my God, this is Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Uh, the 90s, crowd, yeah, 90s All Japan is Eddie's favorite, so I'm not surprised in the, the size. Crowd and Ishii, as, as, if anybody in New Japan right now is walking over the long and winding Royal, Royal Road, it's absolutely Ishii. Like, and he looked. This was awesome, Garrett. I, I, I know you were saying like you were kind of having, uh, you weren't able to really catch Zero Hour. Like yeah, that. I was having issues with the internet. So, so when you catch this match, I, I cannot wait to. You're gonna love this match. Yeah, I actually have it queued up to get. Like, I'm, I'm not even gonna. I mean, I'm gonna obviously check out the rest of the stuff that I missed, but uh, you know. Yeah. By the way, everyone, I did get to see everything on the main card. I just want to make clear, I did see the main card. I just, just I a little kinda, time, just a little missed time. It, it, yeah, I, I, I done effed up, but we're all good. We're all good. I'll get, I'll get it in there. You know. Absolutely, and the finish here, Kingston fought out of Ishii's brainbuster, hit the uh, Urican for, yeah, for a I, I say Urican, but I don't know, actually know how it's supposed to be pronounced. They traded more slabs. Kingston hit another Urican. Uh, Ishii fired back with a headbutt, and Kingston hit a Northern Lights bomb for the win. Big win, big crowd reaction. I hope Kingston has a good spot at Grand Slam. Also, Kingston's hair looked thicker. His beard looked thicker. Are we going to kind of embrace this suspended character maybe? I don't know. Like he came out of his suspension like a little rougher. I don't know. I'd, yeah, I'd be, I'd be it, into that. His hair looks thicker. Eddie is very, very good at taking a small like appearance change or demeanor change and basing a whole new character off of it. If he hadn't run into the JAS feud, he would have been a heal for like I think I, a I just, significant I can't amount of time. This you know? match happened tonight. I can because uh, you just, know it was so cool. Like like just where this match was. To, in compared I was to saying to you a while ago, they should just run this back. Like uh, when this match happened, like three or four months ago or whatever it was on Strong. Um, I was I remember saying to you, I was like, they should just run that back at something. Like I knew New Japan, I knew Forbidden Door was probably. I think it's it smart been announced to get Eddie close, on all out. Hundred percent. It was very smart to get him on all out. You had yes. to. Yeah. But this was a, a match that I can't believe that we saw at a pay per view, and it was awesome. And yeah, so let's jump into the actual, uh, the, the, you know, honestly, you want me to say something that's kind of probably, I'll, I'll I'm going to speak out of turn here. I wonder if like the plan was we're going to have Eddie on either way and I want it to be Eddie versus Ishii, but I don't know if new Japan's going to be able to get Ishii here and available in time. Um, so I'm going to have Sammy versus Eddie be on there just in case. Yeah, um, maybe. and then, then they just found a way and I'm not saying they would invent backstage nonsense you know maybe there's something really there and they just played off of it you know like um maybe it's something that eddie wouldn't have really been suspended for because you think you, you really i i find it difficult to believe that this is the first time something like this has happened in a pro wrestling locker room where there's really you know a lot of like who is it that said that there's a lot of people in wrestling that don't like each other someone said that recently oh it was tony oh, yeah. khan yeah <laughs> a lot of folks don't like each other in the business um also real quick guys uh shout out to you guys that caught our predictions caught eat sleep elite last night or today if you guys were hyped and if you guys are catching this on monday or tuesday or wednesday you're just fucking loving all out you oh, fuck maybe you're staying up tonight you're catching the fightful show you're catch, catching the a wrestling Inc. show, uh, Solid Monster, and you're 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 just feeling wrestling. Thank you guys for uh, checking us out too. We really appreciate it. And I I I could I I'll speak for myself. Uh, maybe probably both of us here. I we love this shit. That doing this the show, it just 
I, I couldn't wait to get on here and talk to Garrett as stuff was happening during the show. It's shit, shit like that, you know? Yeah, for a long time, we would just kind of sit there and try not to, like, discuss things before the show because... And we don't really. Like, we'll just message back and forth. But we, for a while, we couldn't help. We just can't help it anymore. There's so much insanity that happens. Like, you have to see what somebody else thinks. Like, <laughs> and, and that brings us into the, the ladder match, dude. <laughs> Were you expecting this to be a hard-hitting match? I gotta say, I... I mean, it's a ladder match, so yeah. It is a mean, ladder match, but I gotta say, like, even Wheeler Yuta and and uh, we'll jump, we'll just kind of go through it. Wheeler Yuta and Phoenix, our first two entrants. Mm-hmm. When I hear that, I'm thinking, okay, they're probably gonna we're gonna get some high flying shit. These motherfuckers are beating the hell out of each other. Absolutely. Well, I often say to you in every match with Phoenix that we review that people often are paying attention to Phoenix's like flippiness, but he hits harder than like half the roster. Like. Man, and. <laughs> And uh, then Roosh comes out, and he sends Yuta into a ladder with an overhead belly-to-belly before taking Felix out with a tope cone hero. Um, Andrade Alitalo joins. Uh, Roosh is about to climb the ladder. Andrade set up a ladder bridge before sending Phoenix into it. They both start to climb. Yuta pulled Rush down, and Andrade sat at the top. Andrade took Yuta out with a really nice uh, sunset powerbomb off the ladder onto the bridge. Andrade and Wheeler Yuta. I, uh, I'm down with that. I could buy um, that match. Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, I honestly, and we were both probably would agree with this. You can put pretty much Andrade against just about anybody, uh, even yeah, Danhausen. Danhausen. Yeah, just keep him rolling, man. We just need Andrade. Andrade cooking. Just let him win, though. Well, that you would know who I wouldn't mind him next with? Speaking of Danhausen, uh, Ricky Starks. That could be something cool. Um, Get those, okay. a nice little feud together. Babyface Ricky. But I don't want Andrade to lose, though. Right, That's the whole yeah, thing. Andrade, yeah, Andrade, that's the problem, right? Yeah, Claudio I... comes in next. Uh, he pushed Andrade up off the ladder onto the floor. That's basically about it. Dante Martin comes in. He's fighting off Phoenix and Claudio. Dante had some really good spots, I thought. I thought Dante really took advantage of this. And, Garrett, I was just sitting here at this point kind of cheesing. I'm like, man, Dante Martin's here. Wheeler Yuta's in this match. A year ago, could you imagine if you told these guys, yeah, you'd be fighting for a, a world championship opportunity at All Out next year? Those guys have, have grown their brand, grown themselves so much. And I bet if you told Wheeler Yuta like six months ago, well, I guess six months ago, he might have already been in. But like before he was in Blackpool Combat Club, like, hey, that, a couple of weeks from now, <laughs> a couple of weeks from now, you're going to be teamed up with the most over wrestler on the roster, probably it's probably fair to say other than maybe CM Punk and John Moxley and maybe the best wrestler of all time and possibly the greatest technical wrestler of all time in, uh, in William Regal. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's special. And, and I thought those guys took advantage of every opportunity. Um, Dante Martin jumping onto the ladders, dude, he had one where he cleared Claudio that I thought was really nice. Um, Phoenix cut Rush off with a top rope ke- uh, kick before Penta hit Andrade with a destroyer on a ladder bridge. This was, I mean, Phoenix running across that top rope is an instant pop every time. Phoenix then hits a frog splash off the top turnbuckle, sending Rush through a table. Claudio and Yuta climb the ladder. That's when uh, Dante springs onto his back. And then it happens. Bro, by the way, why is Andrade always taking the nastiest fucking bumps? He took another one in this match. He loves it, man. I think he lo- he loves the pain. He took the what is it like the the made in Japan or no? I guess that's when they do it together, right? The what is the made in Japan? Is that what there's what the actual name of the uh, of the it's fear factor like is? That, but 
yeah, and the fear factor on the on the on the or was it like a destroyer like on the ladder, just the dot the death move. It just looks so beautiful. Everything looked pretty clean in this match. I mean, it's you know the only thing that it was at the beginning. I was a little like, okay, this is starting out a little bit slow. Like, I don't know if if uh, if they. I, if they quite knew what they wanted to do, like there was a couple of spots where I was like, okay, like they bounced into the ladder. That was fine. You know, like, yeah. but then that it really gets going. And once it gets going, it's just, it's the pace just takes off. It's, it's a great Everyone, way to win the show. Yeah. And then that's when the group of masked men hit the ring, completely clear the ring. One of them climbed the ladder to the center of the ring, grabbed the poker chip and he unmasked a Stokely Hathaway. Everyone else unmasked. We had Lee, Ethan Page and the rest of the crew, W Morrissey and the gun club. A lot of people are like, oh, this is just a bunch of, I hate that they're saying it, they're a bunch of jobbers. Oh, bullshit. These are guys, all of us. Ethan, you're going to say what? So what? Okay. Other than FTR, what was Sean Spears, Wardlow? Yeah. And Wardlow oh. used to lose on freaking dark like twice a week sometimes. Like, And now you got Ethan as Page. As a big man. Morrissey. All, guys that pretty much everyone loves. Especially, like, I can't wait to see what Ethan Page does. And we have a legit Joker come out to a Rolling Stones song. The Devil Mask walked out, taking the poker chip from Stokely. He was the Joker. He won the match, and he's about to amass, but then he didn't. I think this is a fucking awesome ending. To me, we've seen this Joker now probably like I think seven or eight times in AEW. Every time, it's it's been an awesome little spot. This was the definition of a Joker. Um, this is a beautiful payoff from Lee Moriarty. or. Uh, Stokely Hathaway's group with Lee Moriarty, Page, and those guys to get this payoff that's been building for, I want to say, about seven weeks now with Lee, maybe eight. This has been going back a while, and the group's finally formed. Do they have a leader? Is MJF the leader? Did he pay them? That part we still don't know. If MJF does form a new pinnacle with Stokely, I, they're really going to have to sell me on it because I, I just want to see MJF on his own. Personally, that's just a personal preference from what we've seen. I, I, would, I mean, he doesn't need other people, but I think the idea is that he's going to elevate other people like he did with Wardlow. I mean, could you imagine him and Ethan Page cutting promos together with Stokely? Are you, like, are you fucking kidding me? That's going to make everyone around them better. I mean, MGF and Stokely together is that ugh, you got some serious shit there. I, I, are, are you glad we got the reveal of who this was? I kind of part of me is like what I, I would have waited until Wednesday because ratings. But I mean, I understand why, because now the ratings are going to be even further through the roof because of who it turned out to be. If it yep. had been somebody else, it would have been worth it to milk the ratings. You know what I mean? The but MJF. because of who it was, I think it made more sense to do it here or I guess at the end of the show. Um, so, so, yeah, MJF versus CM Punk now. Uh, we kind of alluded to it earlier, but to me, that's the perfect call. I don't I don't think. Is there a bigger main event to do in New York? I mean, there isn't. And we were talking earlier, you know, uh, last week, I believe, when we were kind of talking about, you know, people were wondering what's the biggest possible match. And we were like, well, MJF isn't here. So Moxley versus Punk is the biggest main event match right now based yeah. on what they're doing. It could have been Moxley Hangman, it could have been Punk Hangman. But the reality is with Punk MJF versus being Danielson, Punk, maybe Punk Hangman, like the, all of these could have been like on the same level. But for the most part, this is probably out of all of them, the one that makes the most sense. And also, um, I mean, if it wasn't Mox, we would feel really weird because of the summer that Mox had. Like if Mox had lost it as against the lost contender before Punk came back, we would have understood so that he didn't have to lose it to Punk or something. Right. 
and you could maybe have gotten to somebody who wanted to somebody who would get a short title reign, right? That's something you could have done, right? I, people would have been mad about it, but you could have done it if you wanted to avoid this. You could have but, sold me that ticket, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then maybe you do Danielson versus Punk at, you know, at the pay-per-view, but then, you know, save that match for when they can build a feud around it. Both guys are talented enough. You should anyway. So, you know, this just happened to coalesce in a way that I actually think worked out perfectly uh, timing-wise because it felt like Mox was kind of starting to get to the point where, where are we going with this, you know? Um as much as it was great having him as champion, it's like, where, where's the direction? I think coming out of this either way, whatever the result would have been, you would have had a direction for Mox, obviously. So, and then, um, yeah. And, and then that brings us into, we have our first world trios champions, the elite Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson defeated hangman page and the dark order, Alex Reynolds and John silver. And let me just start off by saying this. What a fucking tournament. What a conclusion to the tournament. Some people are saying this is like their favorite trios match in a long time or just one of the best that they've ever seen. I, I like this tournament just has been so phenomenal that I, I think this match, the one they had against United Empire, United Empire Death Triangle. This Garrett, I'm going to say it right now. This is my favorite Dark Order match I've ever seen. I That's think, John, probably, yeah, I think Silver and Reynolds. Truly, truly, like if they weren't already stars, I think they got even more star power tonight. And John Silver and Kenny Omega, there was a moment that the crowd thought it was happening. There was a two count because they had a really cool, like they had a really close near fall. Like two I minutes think it later, was on the on the so Kenny had just attempted a one winged angel, and I believe Silver counted it into like a uh, roll up of some kind. Yeah, it was like a really tight two count. And then and then something happens, and Silver just the crowd bought it for a second. There was a couple times tonight. There's another one we'll get to in the women's match where the crowd really bought it because of the way it was it was uh, hit, but. Yeah, man. Well, Garrett, what did you think of the match? What do you think of the winners? I know we had kind of discussed on our pre-show that we were both hoping they wouldn't overthink this like they did yeah. when they started the company. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I think I think they didn't do that, and that was good. And I think the match delivered extremely well. You know, um, I the Bucks and Kenny were like doing flippy shit all over the place, like they do. Um, Kenny snapdragon everyone out of those shoes. That was pretty awesome. Um, the, the mismatch had what I think was the most emotion around it because of the story between the Bucks and Hangman and Kenny and the Dark Order. And I just honestly, all of this stuff coalescing, I keep using that term, to um, to make like this sort of mix of like, you know, I could have anyone could have gotten the pin in this match and I would have been really satisfied with the result because of the storytelling, the like the level of storytelling that went into this. This is a story that goes back to when Kenny and to when Kenny and Hangman won the fucking tag titles, which is like three, four years ago, almost now. Like we used to joke that like, you can't get a story that's longer than a month in the WWE four years or something like that almost there's like two or three years of storytelling building up to a moment that leads to the crowning of the first of a champion i mean you cannot plan that better i'm not saying it was always planned but like the fact that tony khan has the vision to see all of those dots connect 
Absolutely. And just like they were the second champs and, you know, whether it's the Wardlow story that went on for so long, Ricky Starks and Hobbs, and now we're seeing Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker, these storylines that just have these thoroughbreds through them. And Hangman and the Bucks and Hangman and Kenny, it's just, it was amazing. It was truly special. And I, I, I really think they knocked this out of the fucking park. And I think this is the perfect first trios champion for a company that I have more trust in ever that are able to do these belts and do them pro- like do them with with the honor and and I, I dare I say respect they deserve because we've seen these in other companies when they I was hot shot it around that's what happens in know? Japan all the fucking time watching those those weekly shows that they do where it's the tours where they really just run the same match every fucking night just makes it up a little bit those trios titles were were not treated right now don't get me wrong I was loving them because Ricochet was always involved in the matches. But <laughs> putting that aside, it's just little things like that. Ring of Honor, it, they were never they never reached what they could. And I think this company can pull it off. Tag team wrestling is so important in this company. And oh my God, the tag championship match we'll get into. I just, I'm very, very happy and very glad they didn't overthink it. Straight up. Absolutely. Very, very glad. And so... Let's jump into the next one here. And I got a little bit of news for this match, too. Okay. So um, I'll, I'll I'll just start off with it first. So our match was the Jade Cargill and Athena match. Uh, Jade wore her She-Hulk body paint and the attire. So Jade's Jade continues these entrances at pay-per-views where it's always badass. I mean, she had Kingfish. She wore her Mortal Kombat outfit, which, correct me if I'm wrong, but it is Jade for Mortal Kombat, right? Correct. And she always knocks it out of the part with these. And so Fightful Select has said, we've heard the Jade Cargill versus Athena had more time budgeted for it if they wanted, but the match went light on time. And they said, we were told the same thing for Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks, which we'll jump into in a second. But so this match, it was a little bit shorter. And I think the for the pace of the show at this point, when this match ended, I'm like, okay, that was a good, that was a good pace for where we needed to be. As same as well as uh, uh, the other short one that we'll get into, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, look, this was Jade versus Athena. We finally got the match. It was kind of nice to see Jade selling a lot more here than normal, even though it was little. It was uh, shorter, I should say. Athena jumping as soon as the match starts, and Athena just starts fucking kicking her in the face. I'm like, this is what we've been waiting to see. She wants to knock this tree down, like. This is what this is what we need. It it's it wasn't by any means it was not a perfect match. There was it was just it just mainly featured some high impact offense and to since they decided to go short themselves, which is odd. I didn't expect to hear that. Um something tells me they might have had another two, three minutes, maybe even four. Well, I'm sure they had more time. I'm sure Jade honestly could probably have like maybe maybe even a ten minute match at this point. I'm sure she knows enough wrestling moves at this point, but it's whether or not she can actually wrestle one. You know, it's different. Like, I, I guess that's the part we don't really think about for someone that's completely new is this probably has to be a struggle for a go-go at points sometimes too, right? Because he just doesn't know when when should I end this? When is when is the right time to just... When, also, Stokely didn't come out with her. I, I've got, we got to point that out. Do you think they're just going to slowly move Stokely away and she's just going to manage the baddies herself? Because I feel like that makes more sense anyway. Like... If yeah, cause she doesn't need him. I, I think it was fine. Uh, 
Wilson it's because she has someone to talk for her, right? But then she also doesn't. She usually just cuts her own promos. So I don't know. Yeah. And so basically right away, Athena hits the O-face. The baddies pull her out of the ring. And I thought it was pretty funny. Akira blamed the other girl. And she got fucking rocked into the barricade. <laughs> they don't like the, the interim baddie. Uh, to me, yeah, Layla, Layla Gray is a punching bag. It is. Uh, genuinely. Um, but yeah, and I, it was pretty solid here. Uh, it was quick. Athena, you know, reversed a Jaded, hit a thrust kick and a stunner for two. Jade reversed a springboard into a bicycle kick and hit the Jaded for the win. I don't think this is the last time we see these two face. I do. I think this feud is over and done with, and Tony Khan didn't want to do it in the first place. See, I think you. Uh, see, I really think he wanted to. I think that was the whole point of bringing Athena in. He he knew that he wanted to get this match, and something's telling me we're going to run it back at Grand Slam. That might be where we get a different result. Oh, so we're just going to do what we did with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa last year. Great. Essentially, you, you could see it like that. But I think now we've gotten a taste for the match. Now we've they've they've had a taste for each other live. Let's, uh, you know, you know, you know, in life, a lot of things change. Some things stay the same. Tony Khan still won't book the women. <laughs> Not wrong. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. so that was that. Um I, again, I think this was uh, perfectly fine. Alex Marvez inter- intercepted CM Punk and Ace Steel walking to the arena. He asked Punk if he was 100%. Punk said he wasn't, but Moxley isn't just fighting Punk. He's fighting Chicago. Okay. Wardlow and FTR defeated Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. Um, and on paper, this match sounds so awesome. It really does. But my why God. Didn't, why didn't this match work, man? The match felt dead. The crowd felt dead. And honestly, it went on for 18 minutes. This was way, way too fucking long. I understand. Yes, did they give them the time because it's FTR and Wardlow? And honestly, I think they want to respect them. I totally get that. I just think this was a misfire here. I think they should have beat. You know what it was? It was overbooked. It should have just been. It should have been. It should have been running back Jay versus Wardlow and MCMG versus ftr in separate matches and you could still run it as a connected feud just have the matches be separate you know like yeah there's no reason why you can't do that i hope i hope they announce that on dynamite we get mcmg versus uh, ftr maybe for the ring of honor titles yeah, or something that'd be, that'd, be that'd, be, that'd be nice but it'd be a good rampage match get some stars on there his uh, daughter came out oh yeah that was good i like that that was fun and she, and she broke she... the pencil in front of sanjay which sanjay did a great sell on yeah th- so that was fun like and honestly that's all I'm going to remember from this match. You can just tell that everybody loves Sanjay. Like, he's yeah. obviously yeah. one of the... Because he gets included in so many things, you know? Like, so I just... I, he's so good. I love Sanjay. In here, Lethal got hit with the Powerbomb Symphony. Four Powerbombs later, Wardlow got the pin. So, I think Lethal and Wardlow were done, most likely. Jay Lethal's spiral into this absolute depravity has continued on since before he turned heel. It, when was the last time he won something that was significant? Oh yeah, he beat he beat Orange Cassidy, right? Yeah, okay. Go, right? Yeah. Um, okay. After the match, Lethal and Cote's getting back in the ring, but Samoa Joe's music played, and Samoa Joe was back from filming Twisted Metal. We we uh, bro, I'm we so had, hyped for that now. We had talked about that uh, last week that Joe was filming that, and he's most likely coming soon. So yeah, Samoa Joe returns. That's another return that we forgot to uh, mention at the top there. I mean, MJF returning, Samoa Joe. Everyone's back, dude. Let's we need this, and I think. If not this week, I think we're going to feel it on Grand Slam, a lot of these guys returning, because I think Grand Slam is going to be loaded again. It's not going to be loaded like opening with Danielson versus Omega, but it's going to be good. 
So let's jump into the next one here. Powerhouse Hobbs defeated Ricky Starks. And I'm going to let you take it away here. This was a, a little bit of a short one, but uh, yeah. what, what, did, what did you think of it? And uh, what do you think of the winner here? I thought what the stuff that they did do was good. Um, I th- I mean, I I predicted Powerhouse Hobbs was going to win this because I just think that Hobbs is a really great uh, contender um, for either Punk or Moxley coming out of it because, you know, you already had the Mox Max with, with Brody King um, and you have had this sort of rise for both guys for a little while now. They weren't winning everything, but it always felt like they were like right on the edge to both of them of the main event scene, you know? Um, and I think this is the match. The, the two of them, they had to go after each other in order to get to that next level is almost the story here. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know why they decided to cut this short. I'm surprised. Um, I don't know if they just didn't. I, I Maybe they felt the vibe of the show changing and they knew they needed to get to something different. Um, but it, it does suck because I feel like I hope... Man, part of me hopes we get another one of these matches where they can actually get some time to have a really good match because I think we both know that if they just went out there and had a match. It was, in a way, um, yeah, I mean, this was this was putting over uh, Powerhouse Hobbs big time here. And, yeah, I, I hope, I really hope losing in this fashion doesn't hurt Ricky because he had a big reaction. I don't think it will. I don't think it will either. I think he's too talented. Yeah, but I, I hope mean, anyway. I'm cool with Hobbs winning the feud. We've we've talked about this before. In a way, he can benefit him more because Ricky can talk so well. And as bad as that sounds, that that is kind of the way pro wrestling works sometimes. It's not so, that Hobbs can't talk though. It's just no, no. It's not that Hobbs can't talk. It's just that Ricky's great. You know, he's got he's got that rock in him, man. You can just feel it. He does. And let's jump into. I'm going to say it. My favorite match of the night: the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Swerving our glory, defeated the acclaimed. Right out of the gate. My favorite match of Swerving Our Glory in AEW. And my favorite match of the acclaimed I've ever seen as a tag. This was fucking awesome. And oh my god, Garrett, the crowd. Yeah, Can you- the crowd made this match so much more. Like, not that it wasn't enjoyable, but th- they added so much to this match. So this much- match. I, I wouldn't be shocked if like halfway through this match they just said, you know what, let's just call it in the ring because the crowd is losing their minds. You know, like in a way they kind of did because about a couple minutes in, the tone starts changing. Swerve in our glory can't get any reactions as baby faces. So I I genuinely I would like to know. I'm sure we'll learn more about this as the week goes yeah. on. I think they called a switch up and they said, all right, if we can't get shit as a face, let's work as a heel. They've done that before. I think there was another match where they had like a similar thing happen and they just decided to just lean into it because they're both really talented wrestlers, you know? Oh my God, did they fucking make it work? The whole story of Bowen's Bro. body giving out on him and them working uh-huh. the knee like they did was just beautiful. It was truly beautiful. Talk about over-delivering in the best way, you know? I, this was one of the two matches that we had looked at before the show. I mean, like, I don't know, man. This just looks like there was not been enough build. This match should be more important. And that's kind of my takeaway from this is that they should have made this match a way bigger deal because of how much it ended up delivering, you know, and, um, and the crowd even wanted it. The crowd so wanted the acclaim to win. That's such a great feeling as, as people I, that have been behind the acclaim to do with them. If that's if now Tony realizes, oh, shit, these guys might have missed the mark here. Like he might be surprised they were that over um, with how little he puts them on TV. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to he's going to change his tune on those guys. I mean, he clearly loves them. 
every time they get something like this like a big moment on a pay-per-view or something where they over deliver because they do every time they're on a pay-per-view they over deliver you know um it's swerve in our glory i can't i'm gonna say this right now garrett i can't wait till swerve is on his own and he's a heel i got a taste of that again i got a taste of that just like you know what charlie i'm with you i'm with you but i i i want to see it but not yet I got a little taste of something I really want to see now. What's that? I got a little taste tonight of a heel Keith Lee. And I want him to turn on Swerve for turning on him originally. Yes, sir. They had some good 15% here, too. Also, shout out Excalibur for calling the 15% during the uh, uh, Elite match because that brought me back to when he would do that in PWG when those guys would kick each other. He'd go, the 15%. It really popped me. I literally said it, and then he, he called it like 10 seconds later, and I, it, I got <laughs> Pointed to my roommate, and I was like, "Dude, holy shit!" He fucking said it. I was, <laughs> I, I, I nerded out big time there. But man, daddy ass here. The chance there were so many good chants, dude. Um, yeah, the "Oh, scissor me, daddy" chant. That one was hilarious. Oh, scissor me, daddy. But dude, <laughs> yeah, uh, just phenomenal, phenomenal match. After the match, Lee and Billy scissored, but the crowd didn't like it. Uh, I There's just think- more there. They got they got to keep this going. When something like that happens at the end of a match, you got to keep it going, right? You do. You right. do. And yeah. yeah, that that for me was my favorite match of the night. And I did not think it would be going in. And that's I with- think I agree. I think that was probably my. I I really enjoyed the main event, but I think that was probably the match that delivered more so than it it needed to for me the most. Like definitely the most surprising too. Yeah. Twenty one minutes. And we have from Fightful Select kind of in that same thread here. Um, as one would expect, the acclaimed for Swerve in Our Glory was very positively received backstage. Cool. That's what we like to hear. Hopefully the acclaimed can keep this momentum rolling. And maybe, you know, maybe after a long-term feud. We haven't had a long-term feud for a championship, really. Really, you know. We <sighs> should get that. Maybe maybe experiment with that. You know what I mean? Let's let's especially for these tag titles. Let's get it rolling. Even if you're here. not going to put it on them, which I hope you do, but if, if that because then you can stretch it out. You can still give them a couple of months more title reign, you know, so that it's not yeah, like seventy. Like our last long feud was Jungle Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon. That was yeah, the only, and that, and that was kind of a. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that's the, and that kind of ended with sort of like, eh, you know, like yeah, yeah it really did though. So let's jump into our AEW Women's World Championship match. We had a four-way. Dr. Rebecca, DMD, Jamie Hayter, Hikaru Shida, and Tony Storm. And they got time, man. Just just a tick under 15 minutes. And I, I, I really enjoyed this. I think the right person won. I think I was totally down with Tony Storm winning. If it wasn't going to be Tony Storm, it, I wanted it to be Jamie Hayter. And we really didn't get a tease of her doing too much babyface stuff, kind of until towards the end here. And I alluded to earlier one of the best fakeouts of the night. So Hikaru Shida had kind of come back. They did a little uh, angle to get her backstage so you can get her kendo sticks like 90 seconds later. And she came out with the kendo sticks, started laying waste to everyone. And then Jamie gets a pin opportunity on, I want to say, Hikaru Shida. Britt Baker pulls her away. And then Tony Storm, I believe it is, hits the ripcord layer. Uh, Storm hit her with the Storm Zero. Baker pulled her away, went to cover Jamie Hayter, and oh my God, I think the crowd thought it was happening there too. One, two, the sigh of relief almost from people. 
Yeah, they were like, oh my god, they're like, oh, they're not turning on each other just yet. That's how this shows you how over they are as an act together. That people were like that afraid of losing it. They were like, no, dude, I could have bought that finish, and it would have made so much sense. Tony Storm would have hit the final blow, but Britt Baker, the snaky, I would have had heat for that finish because it's exactly who I didn't want to win. (laughs) I didn't want Britt to win. Uh, Same. We just had her as champion. If we're gonna go back to a former champion, I thought we were on the same page with Hikaru Shida. If that had happened, we would be talking right now about how, how happy I was after the acclaim match and how titanically it fell in the next match. <laughs> but that that's said, not what happened. Yeah, and Storm then sent Bra- uh, Baker packing with a DDT and hit the same on Hater for the win. So Tony Storm, interim AW Women's World Champion. I truly believe when Thunder Rosa gets back, Tony's going to beat her, and then we'll get a feud of them as Thunder Rosa as a heel facing Tony Storm, and it'll be fucking money. I think it's going to be really good. So, uh, yeah, Garrett, I mean. I can't wait for people to start saying about how Tony Storm is such a better champion than uh, Thunder Rosa ever was, and that Thunder Rosa shouldn't even get a shot at the title when she comes back. God damn it. I mean, there'll be people, but, man, eh, fuck them. But here's the thing, man. I mean. I'm very excited to see where we go with Tony Storm. Well deserved, man. I mean, we were watching her in NXT for a while, uh, NXT, and we always kind of were picking her out. Like, she's great. She kicks ass. She's Stardom. She was she was former Stardom World Champ, World of Stardom Champ. She was the NXT UK Women's Champion. She won the Progress World Title, and now AEW took advantage of it. And she is the world women's world champion. And I guess, yeah, uh, where, where do you kind of see her champion? I don't know. I don't know how to phrase this, but like, where's your kind of hype level, I guess. And where do you see? Oh, I'm, I'm definitely high because I knew that this was going to be a champion. We were going to get eventually anyway. Right. Realistically, especially with, oh. with thunderstorm, right. That was all going to collapse eventually. And that's probably when she was going to win it. So, um, it just, you know, maybe got the timetable sped up by like six, eight months, something like that, probably, I'm guessing. Maybe even maybe even less. They like, were projected to have the singles match here. So maybe that was the plan for her to win the title here, all, all, you know. At all out. It's possible. It's possible. That was what was supposed to happen. But remember, Tony Storm wasn't supposed to face Brit. It was, or sorry, Brit was, wasn't supposed to face uh, Thunder. It was supposed to be um, Stat, remember? Yep. So, and then injury and, yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Who knows what they would have done with that? And uh, yeah, new new champ. I can't wait to see who she goes against next. Uh, Bert Baker uh, would be an obvious one. Jamie Hader, please. Thank you. But yes, let's talk about that real quick. The Jamie Hader, she was getting chanted throughout the night, and Brit when Brit fucked her over there at the end, you saw this this face out of Jamie Hader that she was in. I'll tell you what you do. That's who Tony's first opponent is, is Jamie and Britt screws her again, even though she doesn't have, even though it's not a fate of war anymore. That way she really, truly screwed her that time, you know? And then they go into a blood feud. A blood feud. I'm and down. then Tony can go on to face literally whoever on the roster. And it doesn't matter at that point. Give me what I want. All right. What's the over under on Tony's first uh, match being Nyla Rose? Um, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. It's everyone's first match. That's the way it is. All right, and then let's jump into this, uh, which is our last little bit of news for the night. So before the match, Jungle Boy's mom gave Christian a slap at ringside. Jungle Boy was billed as Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Jungle Boy was in quotations. It's a, I, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. We always knew there'd be a time when he'd do that, and it seems like now is the time. During Jungle Boy's entrance, Luchasaurus turned on him and chokeslammed him onto the steel grates on the ramp. He then planted him through a table with a high cross. The bell rang. Christian hit a steal. 
hit a spear. Jungle Boy kicked out, and then Christian hit the kill switch for the win. I did not see that coming <laughs> um, at all. Yeah, his shirt was correct. He definitely worked everyone. Um, and so here's what we have. I think we did say that it's possible this isn't gone yet, though. Like it is it's possible. never been never a hundred percent. Like, but you never. But you that's wrestling. Like anyone can turn on anyone at any time. Anyway, like building it up like happens in AEW. That's just bonus. That means we're actually getting a little hint. We're not supposed to get that. It's supposed to be random sometimes. You know, like Max, so. And our last little bit of news here is Christian is injured. That's why the match was with Jungle Boy was booked the way it was. Oh, to the severity of the injury, I don't think we know it yet. Um, it would have to be something from training, right? Because the last time he wrestled was a while ago. So, or no, they just had a didn't they just do a did they do a trios match? No, they didn't. I don't know. I, yeah, whatever. Apparently, there was just word um, before the the before the show that someone is banged up. No one really knew who it was, and now Fight Select lets us know it is Christian. Okay. And yeah, so maybe they run this back at Grand Slam. Maybe Christian Possibly, takes a break yeah. and we run Jack Perry versus Luchasaurus at Grand Slam instead and we push this back to full gear. I don't know, but hey, I, I think Jack Perry will beat Christian's ass. For what it's worth, I didn't mind having a really quick match here. I thought, based on the pace of the show, I thought this was actually a smart idea. Whether it was an actual like kind of glorified you know squash or we had a... Uh, did what they did here with Luchasaurus being that bastard, the bastard son. Yeah, I, I'm just interested to see where it goes next because obviously it's not ending here. So, and then let's jump into this. I think uh, this match just kind of got hit with some unfortunate uh, circumstances. The crowd was not into it, and uh, that was Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson, 23 minute match. They got the length, they got the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot to like about this match. Lots to like, and I I will say this: I don't think I think it's unfortunate where it got put on the card and the crowd kind of. I don't know. I don't think we need a low blow finish on a pay per view, and I'm just going to jump. I'm going to start with that. Okay. Chris Jericho hitting a low blow finish while the ref is in the corner, and then pinning Danielson. I just I don't know. I, I prefer when pay per views have these great matches. That, these great matches that we conclude our stories in a, in a good natural way. And I just don't know, man, this is, I don't know. I just didn't like this finish here. This, this did not feel like our real first ever Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson match. I didn't like the ending of it, but I will say this. What I will say is I thought the technical aspect of the match worked really well. I thought oh, yeah. Jericho proved he can hang with Danielson. He, he, there was a really good tombstone pile driver and a line salt for two, kind of like uh, towards the mid, midway, mid half end of the match here. And mm-hmm. the line tamer was locked in. And then it just, this was pretty solid. Uh, after the match, Jericho celebrated with the Appreciation Society, but we saw Daniel Garcia shaking his head because he didn't want Jericho to cheat to win. So I guess, Garrett, what did you think of this match and uh, the finish here with Jericho uh, pinning Danielson? Well, I'll continue to wax Rapsonic, as we like to say, about how Jericho's storytelling right now with his character is just incredible. Like right now, his character is literally the last two matches he's had for big, big time matches have been about his pride. The match with Mox for the title. He could have come out as the cheating, you know, stinky heel that he normally is, but he came out as that guy. You know what I mean? Um, Without the JAS both times, because it's about pride. It's about proving that he is the best, you know? 
Um, and so that's really, I like the continuous storytelling there. I also like, there was like a little, um, I don't know if it was before this match earlier on the show, there was a little thing with Jericho where he, where he basically said that, um, he basically put himself over as, um, the best sports entertainer. It was actually after this match as the best sports entertainer and professional wrestler ever. Um, Still not there yet, in my opinion. Really close, though. I mean, Dan- you know, Danielson to me is just on a different level. Absolutely, but, he is. Uh, the style he wrestles and his storytelling yeah. ability—it's it, oh geez, it's another level. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just it—it's something that I don't think will. I, I think people, wrestling analysts, fifty years from now, will be looking at Danielson and be like, "Man, we just didn't understand how much of an evolution this sport was going through because of this guy." But anyway. Um, there was a lot of really good stuff. I don't want to just start going through stuff. Like there was a really good transition to the walls at one point. They did some good palm strikes throughout. Uh, make sure to call them palm strikes, otherwise you might get palm struck by William Regal. Um, hey. and it did go long though. This felt like it should have been a little bit shorter. This this one billion percent went way too long. And just honestly, I don't know if All Out needed this match. And I don't know, we can, if, if we're looking back on it, you know, being in that, being in that room, hold deciding on, hold on. you don't think it needed this match. Wait till we get to the next match. There's a couple that could have been chopped off here for sure. And we could have spread throughout the week, but I don't know. I maybe it, it feels weird. Cause if we put it in a vacuum, yes, I like this match and I like who's in it and I like how they did the match. I don't know if I like Jericho winning. But I understand that Jericho in AEW is kind of, you know, he's a lot of champion, he's a lion art, he's the ratings, the demo god, you know. But, yeah. So, yeah. Moving on from that. Let's jump into our co-main event. <laughs> yeah, how is this the co-main event? Let's discuss that for a second because we're not going to have much to say about the actual that match. Spot. It, it, this really is a dead spot. And, I mean, I wouldn't and yet, yet that this is, that's supposed to be the second. Now, again, I know this isn't something that technically applies to wrestling, but uh, you know, for the last several years, there's been a co-main event ma- mentality in both companies. You know what I mean? Like the last two matches on the show, those are the two most important, at least on the card. You know what I mean? Like the way that it's laid out. But in AEW, that doesn't really work because sometimes the second to last match is something really silly. You know, so um, not that this was silly, but I'm saying like it's not on the same level as what was just happening. I I don't know how they ended up in this spot on the card, man. I I don't know either. And yeah, Mal- uh, Malachi after the match, uh, the crowd people were pointing it out. He kind of he hugged the House of Black, did a bow to the crowd, and walked out. And I hope this isn't the last time we see him. I hope. I mean, there's been a lot of rumors about him this week. And him taking the pin again here from uh, – he took the pin from Darby. I don't know, man. There, there were some cool spots here. Darby was bumping his ass off. Sting was being Sting, doing Sting things. And, I mean, look, I, I would have loved this match on Dynamite or Rampage. I think it would have worked really well. I don't know if I would have liked it there either. I'm. Uh, it just did not – we didn't – So there, there's like – a couple of matches on the show where I'm like, how is the result that one that we got? How does Jericho beat Danielson? How does the House of Black lose two matches back to back like this? Like, yeah, I, I, I have no idea. And I guess thing is- wasn't that wasn't the report that Malachi was unhappy too. 
Yeah, and now he takes the bow like this, and I just don't know, man. I, I hope, I, I don't know. I hope it all gets figured out, and I hope it's not worst case scenario here. Apparently, CM Punk went completely off in the media presser, and I'm sure we'll be talking about that on news next oh, week. I'm definitely gonna be tuning into that while I watch yeah. while I start up the. Uh... Apparently so, he lit motherfuckers up. I, I just kind of did a scroll at Twitter here, and it's oh my god! And I see in these videos everywhere. Holy shit! All right, well, hopefully he talks about us. Yeah, right, I'm sure we'll be give uh, us a few, give us a few, get 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 the needle moving there, brother, for us. Needle moving, brother. So and yeah, we already kind of talked about the main event, but is there anything else you want to touch on from the main event? We kind of touched on that earlier. Uh, on. CM Punk has no legs. CM Punk has no legs, but yeah, guys, I I gotta say this was. Uh, this was really special. This was a special show. This was a fun show. Um, check out that media presser, I guess, if you guys are still yeah, filming. I'm definitely going to be tuning into that. So you guys might hear it. Depending on what Punk says, I have gone off on CM Punk on our podcast before for some of the shit that he says. Because I love Punk, but man needs to shut his mouth sometimes, you know? Um, so does Tony Khan, though. It's wrestling. It's a common thing in wrestling. People that probably should shut up sometimes, you know? Shut the hell up. Exactly. So... That'll do it for us, guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed our post-show here. We will catch you guys next weekend for Eat Sleep Elite, where we have the fallout from All Out. And I can't wait to see what MGF does on Dynamite. You know, what's going to happen? We had some. Is, cool- that, is that how Dynamite opens, the MJF music? It has to, right? I um, think. Or, or CM Punk's music, because he just won the title. So, either or. Absolutely. Uh, there was a couple I matches. Both. Give me both. Give me what I want. I know one of them was the trios match, right? Uh, here we go. I have them. Uh, the matches for next week, we had ROH Pure Champion Will Uta defending against Danny Garcia, and then Best Friends in Orange Cassidy versus Death Triangle. So, yeah, cool. Uh, I'm sure we'll get I more. I got a my- bold prediction for you, Charlie. Hit me, hit me with it. Danny Garcia's taking the title. I think that would be a good move. I'd be down with it. I'd be down with it easily. So, and we'll end it on that, man. Let's end it on that prediction. Uh, we'll catch you guys later. Again, you can catch Garrett on Twitter at Bane Duke. You can catch him streaming at the Duke of Derps, streaming uh, Alien Isolation going on right now. And then you can catch me on Absolutely. Twitter at O'Charlie with an X instead of an A. And we will catch you guys on the flip side, Vision. Entertainer. Links. <laughs>